This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Man of His Word Mastermind Groups, formerly called the Husband Mastermind Groups. They begin again in January, and if you're interested in joining a mastermind group just for helping you become better at the art of being a husband, go to simplemarriage.net forward slash M-O-H-W. Well, welcome to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, Dr. Corey Allen, alongside my wife, Pam, again. Hey, good to, good to be here. Where we're having honest, straightforward conversations about what takes place in the marriage bed, because we do believe that married sex is the hotbed for sex. It is yes, the, it is. It is the place that is sacred and blessed and God-honoring, and we want to try to help couples all across the world uh, experience more. Uh, so this is the place where we anything goes as far as what we talk about. Uh, and the way we want to know what we talk about uh, is a couple different ways. The main thing we're asking is if you got a question that you'd like us to cover on the air, give us a call, 214-702-9565. Leave us a message, and then that can be something that we use in a future, a future session or uh, episode of the show where we'll just answer directly what your question was. If you don't want to leave us a question on the air, feel free to send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'd also ask you to go on, if you like what you're hearing, uh, jump on iTunes and give us any kind of a review, some comments that helps us climb the charts and spread the word about what what's going on here uh, at Sexy Marriage Radio. So this came in uh, to the feedback, the feedback in, in the inbox just a couple of weeks ago. Easy back. for you to say. It was easy for me to say, apparently. <laughs> uh, this is in regards to the episode that you and I did when you first started uh, back on the, in the chair with me kind of permanently yep. for while Shannon's taking a break. Um, and so this said, this was from the woman that had emailed in about, um, when pornography is, what, what do you do as a wife? If you discover your spouse has, if your husband has been using pornography. And so her response was, I was so thrilled that you addressed my email so quickly. I couldn't believe when I listened last week and heard your guests share the story because you'd obviously recorded that before she even sent the email. Okay, and then today, cool. you and Pam were great. I've taken away so much. You, are, you guys are equipping so many people, and I feel equipped. My favorite thing about the whole show is that you make everything seem like it's not that big of a deal and that it's manageable. Shannon has been really great for that, and some things that were shocking to me just aren't anymore, so I've learned to relax. I love my husband, and I know that we can work through this. I like that we can be objective. That's huge. Thanks for taking time to talk about the journey. We tend to want things fixed today, and I do see changes in him, and that gives me hope. So thank you for all you do. Your show is inspiring, hope-giving, encouraging, and marriage-saving. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's great. I love to um, hear that she hears that it's normal, right? That <laughs> that there is a struggle, right? That Yeah, the struggle is just what it is. Sometimes it feels like we're out on our own little island when we have struggle, and that's kind of our a lot of the message here that you want to share is that it's not unmanageable. This is normal. Other people are going through this too. And lots of times these topics aren't things we share with exactly. everybody else. So we feel like we're not normal. Right. And we're referencing episode 315, which is after the discovery of spouse, a spouse's porn usage. And that's what was what brought about this initial uh, reply back from the woman that had sent in the original email. And so... Um, I think the main message we wanted to get across was that it is survivable. Absolutely. 
that it is something that, that uh, you can survive as a couple, uh, you can even grow from. And that leads us right into this first uh, caller for today's show. Hi, Corey. Uh, so this is a question for both you and your wife after listening to an episode a couple weeks ago uh, about pornography. Uh, my wife and I were talking, and we were sexually active uh, just with each other before we got married. But as soon as we got married, it was like a switch was flipped, and there was really no interest on her part. And we we're actually finally getting to really what the root of that was. And you know, 14 years ago, about a week before our wedding, she discovered some porn on my computer. And uh, it hasn't been, well, there's been times throughout our marriage where I failed, but it's really not an issue for me uh, anymore. She knows that. But uh, she realized that that's really when her feelings about sex changed completely between us. So I'm wondering from the perspective of you and your wife, how did she overcome that, if she has, and, uh, and move past that and kind of reconnect on that sexual level where she has the interest that maybe had been lost for a while or the interest she had at the very beginning of the relationship, uh, if that's even possible, I know. Everything fades with time a little bit, but um, having interest uh, at all would be a good start. So thanks for any feedback. Okay, so this is one of those, it's a, it's a lot like that show from three fifteen episode 315 of uh, when, when there's a discovery of it. Um, obviously, when you're in the mixed, midst of it, right, when it first is, is revealed or discovered, Obviously, there's diff- it's a different context that you're talking about than what we'd be talking about with this particular call. Sure. Of You're talking about something years later when you get the realization of, okay, that's, that kind of uh, caused a different path for us. Yeah, hindsight lots, lots of times really it, it can enlighten us. We don't see it when we're right upon it. I'm going to go in and I'm going to address his question right off. Go. You know, how did, how did Pam get over it? Um, and getting over, it's probably not the right terminology, but I'm going to start out by saying, uh, to this caller, 12 years was, I think when I really started turning the corner, it took 12 years. And I remember the day. Really? Yes. Okay. Driving down Lake Forest Road. And I was really battling in my mind, um, a lot of the issues, a lot of, um, kind of sexual history and, and my struggle with not being interested. Um, and a lot of it came back to, I had that day where I just realized my husband loves me. And it was this realization of the transformation that you had made and that you were into me, you were into being an intimate lover with me. You are into being the best husband you could be. But this was right after our daughter was born, too. And now you're a new dad. I'm a new mom. And I think it took that long for me to grow up. Uh, This was um, you were going through the doctoral program. There were a lot of discussions we were having through kind of uh, your transformation in growing up, going through a lot of schnarches um, material and work. I was going through that kind of at the same time with mm-hmm. you as we were discussing that had a lot, a lot going on there. 
And so it really took me realizing all the changes that you had made and then seeing my own change that I was having to grow comfortable in my own skin, Mm -hmm. growing comfortable to try and feel sexy again and uh, make the, make my own changes in my own mind. Really most of it was in my own mind. It's not that I, my body had changed all that much. My body wasn't that different as far as, you know, this sexiness factor it was all what was in my head about right. how I was desired, how I was being, Right. was I being longed for or was I being lusted after? And so a lot of this change came from, from that. And it, so, so some of this came from, you know, we went to counseling right after, but a lot of this was just the working through. Right, a lot of the snarsh material. Right, because this was this was a. Um, I, I would I would think of this as this was a gain a ground, lose a little bit of ground, gain a ground, lose a little bit of ground concept. Yes, that, that unfolded over years, uh, largely just of life, and it, so it wasn't all just surrounding this one issue either. This was just us growing as people, as husband, as wife, as a married couple, as lovers. Um, just trying to get an idea of who we are, what what we like, what we don't like, how do we do life, um, how do we maintain a marriage, and then start a family is when this was all kind of starting too. But it's interesting because I think what you're describing is this is a relational issue where the healing path plays out individually. Yeah. But also relationally. It, yeah, absolutely. You can both be stuck in your mm-hmm. own separate journeys. But you can also have the the scenario, which is kind of what I'm getting a hint from the caller, that um, he has has done what he thinks is necessary in the steps towards, you know what, this isn't really a problem for me. I'm not still using porn. Um, I would hope that's, that also means 100% of my sexual energy is steered towards my wife and it's staying in the marriage, that if I do get a trigger or something that turns me on, I steer that towards my wife rather than stay with it in my own brain and make it secretive and go dark. Um, so there is, a, there is a definite possibility that a husband could do that, if we're talking about in this context, and a wife still is hanging on to, but that hurt. I don't trust you. This, I don't feel secure. Even when she, that could, the change in his part could be going on. She's not seeing it or buying it or willing to confront herself and her own growth and development. So, so what do you do when the wife doesn't confront her own change that needs to happen or her own growth? Well, I think a lot of that is the context of that's why this makes it a gain the gain some ground, lose some ground, uh, because you can't convince somebody else of your own growth when it's their perception. <laughs> it's, they, they have to just buy it or not. And so that's where I think your actions come out and speak so much more than any words you may say. I would agree with that. Um, your leadership comes out and so much more than any kind of uh, passivity. That, and, and I don't mean leadership in the sense of head, headship of the family or the marriage. I mean leadership and setting a tone for your own life and for the marriage. That um, I think one of the worst things a husband can do uh, is is when he doesn't help his wife feel secure by his tone that he takes in the way he lives his life and conducts his relationship with her. That um, it's the idea of I, I set up a date with my wife 
And we get in the car, and I look to her, and I say, with all care and compassion in the world, where would you like to go eat? You know, I haven't set up the date then, right? It's, it's I got to set this thing up and do it and take the lead. And then my hope would be the wife would then step up and say, yeah, but I'd really rather do this once I tell her where we're going. And it's like, okay, fine. Well, you can make a, I can call an audible and shift it. But it's, I think it's that idea of uh, you, you set up the scenario of knowing not who's in charge, but who's setting the tone. Okay. And I think that that, because Eve is a security-seeking creature by nature and by design, I think that sets a dynamic that's better, that she can then start to trust and that she can feel... Because that's what I want to ask you a, qu- a question, too, from what you just said earlier, Pam, of... What's the difference? Is there a quantifiable difference between feeling longed for versus lusted after? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Lusted after, anybody can do that. The guy walking down the street, right? right? He doesn't even know the lady's name, but he can Google her, right? That's the billboard. That's whatever you see. I lust after something that I don't know. I long for something that I do know that I have some sort of connection for, Mm -hmm. right? Something that I long for something really that maybe I've had before because now I know what I don't currently have. Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe that connection's been lost and man, I just, I want it back. Well, and I think of it in terms of, Lusting is an objectification just for objectification's sake. Okay. It's a that's I, more all I'm noticing professional is body than parts. <laughs> right. That I, I, I'm constantly groping. I'm constantly staring. Um, I'm not connecting at the eyes. And I think longing for is an eye to eye thing. It's a brain thing. It's okay. a soul thing. But objectification is a part of that because there are phys- we are physical beings. Okay, so th- so then when you're talking about physical touch, lust versus longing, and as a spouse, we like that we that touch. That's a you know, come up and grab someone's behind right or i want to feel some muscles in the arms or whatever it is just to feel the power the difference there in grabbing to just say i'm just going to grab you to grab you or saying hey i'm just longing for you i want to i want to touch you right. because i love that connection that is created it's is there a difference that you see or that you feel like you have on the on the giving end in how that's presented if you're talking about lust versus longing. Yes, I think there's a huge difference because I think the longing takes into account the whole being of the wife. I mean it, it's it's the it's the whole of you in this context that that um, I'm into the parts of you, but I'm also really more into the entire package package of you. That it's your mind, it's your voice, it's your presence, it's your spirit. It's not just body parts. Yeah. And there are times where, uh, because, you know, there's the, this is, and this is the delicacy of, of the way and the sophistication of marriage to me, and where it truly is a growing machine for us as people, that um, there are times where if all I'm ever doing is the butt slap when I go by, that gets really annoying. It's very annoying. <laughs> but if I, I hate if, that. <laughs> but, but if I if I mix it up 
And I also sometimes walk by, grab, and just get a nice solid hug, this kind of a compassionate hug. And then I move on with the day or whatever's going on. Um, it's just kind of a moments of, hey, I notice you, I like you, I'm into you, but I've also got other things going on, so I'm not just hovering around you. I'm not one of the kids clawing at one of your legs, notice me, notice me, notice me, because I think that's the, that becomes a, a lustful kind of a thing then, that it's just a, I'm just objectifying you. I just want some aspect of you, not all of you. And it's, it's largely determined by each individual person, as individual and unique as they are. But I think it's recognizing how do I keep it as a repertoire of, of my life and relationship, but I also recognize, you know, we spend so much energy, as far as men, I'll speak for myself, uh, thinking about sex, that when it actually happens, what am I doing with the other 23 and a half hours of the day? You're prepping for next maybe, time, I'm guessing. Maybe, but I got I, I got bills to pay. I got <laughs> chores to do. I got a lawn to take care of, a pool to clean. I mean, I got a lot of other things that still got to be done. And so I think it's seeing it as, you know what, we're in this together as husband and wife. And so uh, the love life we have is an aspect of it, but there's a whole lot more. So I too. guess back to the listener and his, you know, how does she, how does she come around and yep. get back interested in it when currently she's not interested at all? The guidance to him on helping her get interested, I guess one is what is it that she's feels like she's missing? Right, right. Is it that she's still not trusting and she still thinks what's yeah what's undone? What's, what's undone? What's not addressed fully? What's not unpacked? What's not acknowledged? Because it could be. Um, I would assume this has happened of, you know what, I'm sorry for that. But it could be, maybe there's merit to that again of, you know what, this seems like it still really is an issue. And I apologize Yeah, for that. It, it wasn't about you, but it was something that hit you. And I get that. And, it, and it's just kind of a recognition of, I hear you. Yeah. I see this. I know it. Yeah. And if that connection's still there, that just may be, hey, you know what? Let's take a, a session or two and talk to someone about yeah. it. And maybe it, maybe you've already done that. But if you haven't, that, sometimes it just takes, if you're already in a good spot, right. sometimes it just takes the two of you sharing that with a qualified person yep. to get some things out in the open and cl- clear the air or, or really maybe realize where... Satan's coming in a back yeah. door and yeah. keeping you from going to the next level in your marriage or, or having that sex life be something that it really yeah. can and should be. Yeah, because this could be an area that I think we all are challenged as individuals to grow into our the different levels of ourselves and the different aspects of ourselves. And so this could be something that it's just not borne out well enough yet. And and it's this was just a, a ding that really is holding it back and it just takes somebody else with a different perspective that's in the couple's corner saying, hold on, have you thought about it this way? Yeah. Or what about that? Or And that way you get some real specifics. But yeah. I would just say specifically, you make sure um, you're, you're dealing with your trust level, with your security level, and your integrity, that all of those are visible in the way you live life, that what you say is what you do. And as long as you're doing that, then at least you're putting the pressure where it needs to be. That if it's on her shoulders that she's got some stuff she needs to deal with, you can take the lead and say, hey, is there something we can do together that can help? Is there something you need from me with this? Or 
here's some here's some people you could talk to or listen to sexy marriage radio or and then if it's not she could say well but i'm still struggling with this because it also has to do with all this other stuff in my family of origin and stuff that was long before you and now it's all kind of convoluted together and then you got a chance to really seek it out and find what some of those things could be yeah it's certainly something that can be healed from and uh the sex life can be fabulous yeah, because then you that. then you move into the realm of it's it's actually connecting beyond just physical. Right. It's not just functional sex. Right. You see that you can overcome that yep. and it's the beauty of working past it that gets even better. Perfect. Hi Corey, my name is Austin and I live in Fort Dodge, Iowa. My wife Sarah and I've been married for uh a little over 9 years. We're both full-time pastors and so uh, we have pretty busy schedules. We've got two kids, a daughter who turned six today, actually, and a son who's four. And my question is, um, what advice would you have for uh, for keeping my wife engaged during sex? Now, what I mean by that is um, we, we have a pretty regular sex life, um, and uh, and it's not an issue of whether I feel like we're having it enough, I would definitely say that I'm probably the higher desire partner of the two of us. But um, there are times when my wife just kind of like mentally checks out during the, the middle of the encounter. And um, we do a pretty good job of trying to be creative, of um, trying to keep romance alive. And it's not just like, hey, let's just have sex. Um, but uh, it's just there are times when it's like things might be going just fine and, uh, and everybody's kind of getting excited. And then there's like a switch that happens where my wife, Sarah, just kind of like stops caring. And then she kind of like gives up, doesn't want to, to try to have an orgasm herself, and then just is like fine with just finishing and like trying to please me. And I, I suppose the issue is I want our experiences together to be more to be more beneficial or, or equitable like for both of us it's not just about getting me off it's about feeling connected and um, and I just get the sense that sometimes she's just not there we've had some conversations about it and, uh, and I recognize I think we're just kind of in a stressful time of life and um, and so sometimes that's a little bit of an issue but um, I think part of it is it's just like in the middle of doing things, her mind just like wanders and she's thinking about like vacation plans or like to-do lists for the next day or planning for birthday parties or, or whatever else. And uh, and so for me, it's like even though we're, we're having these encounters regularly, it actually feels like it kind of distances me because I'm pretty invested in that process and pretty well engaged and it just seems like she's not. So, um, so any comments you'd have about things we could do to uh, kind of be on the same page and to, to help one another stay in the moment uh, would be greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot for all you do. Uh, love the show. Bye. So let me see if I'm tracking you, Austin. You're saying there are times in sex when your wife all of a sudden gets into to-do list, um, vacation plans, tax laws, spreadsheets wait he's talking about me now oh <laughs> i don't know oh that does happen yeah that so first off um 
welcome to married sex. <laughs> that, that I think there's going to be times on both sides where, yeah, you're just going to disconnect. You're going to get caught up in something else. You're going to go down a rabbit trail in your mind. And the likelihood is, uh, my hunch would be all along, this has been going on. And you now are recognizing it in each other. Because married sex, that's what happens in married sex. It's We read each other. And then it becomes, okay, what do I do with, with what I'm reading? Because I think that's what changes the entire possibilities of what, how we approach this. Because most of the time, what you probably have done is you've noticed this, because if you're like me or any other people that do married sex regularly, um, you probably have noticed it, but just tried to act like you didn't notice it and just keep going. Because at least it's sex. Hey, it's, I'm getting sex. Let's, I'm close to finishing. Let's go ahead and just get it done. And that's good. You know, it's all right. It'll be fine. <laughs> but now you're talking about a different level, where, which is what opens you to a, a greater likelihood of even more depth. You're talking about, okay, I'm noticing you've disconnected. Now what do we do? Sure. Do you discuss? Do you talk? Hey, do you how, speak do, speak it up? how do I get you back into this? Yep. Uh, or she may be perfectly fine with... Here, I'm here for you right yep. now, and as long as that works for you, then let me do this for you, because my mind just isn't there at this spot. If you can stick with her, maybe, and I don't know, bring up a memory of some really hot sex you had in the past, or something that might bring her mind around. Mm-hmm. Some, sometimes that can work. Um, bring up something that you know is provocative for her historically, but that's not necessarily going to work all the time. Sometimes no. there's just there's just this mindset of uh, I, I'm I'm just kind of stuck. But you know what? I want to be here for you. She's right. she's got in her mind. I'm guessing that she loves being with you and she wants to be there for you, but. Just because it's not, she's gets onto a to-do list part of the time. Now, if she's doing that 100% of the time or 90% of the time, there may be some other discussions to be had. But if we're talking, you're having regular sex, and this is happening sometimes, right, once a, in a, a while, then that's normal. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and so it comes down to, do you say something or not? Do you when when you recognize it where it's like you know what it feels like you just disconnected and shifted into servant mode here, I don't know. So I, then then it comes down to for you, Austin. Do you want to have a servant in that moment or not? Well, servant I think has a really negative connotation. That sounds bad, but and and I think you're going to get resentment if the spouse is in quote unquote servant mode. That's when you start having, that's, that's where a, a poor that's connection is there and okay, animosity well, so, comes into the scenario. So let me frame it this way, because what he's saying he wants is he wants her engaged. He wants her pleasure to be sought after that she, for herself, that, that she wants that. Right. Yeah, he he wants, can't in, control that, though. In, in essence, he wants to be a, a part of her seeking her pleasure. Okay. Okay. But the times where she might shift into, I'm here for you, is her doing the exact same thing he wants. I want to be a part of you seeking your pleasure. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that's true. So it it is a contest in a sense of you both are seeking things, and when you're when you're complaining or frustrated about wait, she's not really going after it for her, but she's willing to do it for you. You're taking away her possibilities of what you're wanting for her. There's the power play that happens in marriage. And then that's why I believe when those things happen, and this is what I counsel couples when this comes up, which happens quite a bit as they're describing how sex normally unfolds for them, is I counsel straight out. I realize you're going to disrupt things dramatically if you open your mouth and say something, but that's probably your best advice. Is If you notice one of you has disconnected, and it's been going along really well, but all of a sudden there's a disconnect, speak up and say, where'd you go? What just happened? Um, Acknowledging yeah. the elephant in the room Penny is for your the thoughts. biggest thing. Can I help you with your to-do list? Penny you for know? your thoughts in the middle of sex, really? <laughs> <laughs> this is a show. We're not in the middle of sex right now. Um, but it's but it's one of those things of just seeing this as a lot of times it's just recognizing, okay, that actually is door a doorway into going beyond just the functional level of sex, which is just what we talked about prior, prior of now we're getting into the mental aspect of it. We're getting into a dialogue, a, a connecting behind the eyeballs in the brain with each other that it might mean sex is done in that moment. It, it, that very well might be true, but it also might mean it just takes a little bit of a pause while you both reconnect and you take care of some things and you, and you rebuild and then you go to a deeper level than you never could have without having taken this step. Certainly. Certainly. I, I'm looking at it in the regard of if your spouse is excited to go to some concert that you are really not interested in, can I, can you expect them to raise to your level of excitement about that concert? Right. And is this really any different than that? That we can't get everybody else to meet our level of excitement about whatever we're doing. Even sex? Even sex. <laughs> I think that's true. I think that's completely true. That there are times where one partner is just, you know, at this point, I don't have the energy or the <laughs> the the resolve or the time or the mental capacity. I'm just here in Seinfeld. Kramer. <laughs> it's enough already. I just got to get some sleep. Got to get some sleep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because they're going to have the pressures of this is taking longer than I thought it was and had kind of planned out in my own mind. And But I think about if, if, if you're talking about, so Austin, your question was, how do I get my wife to do this? And I can't answer that for your wife because I don't know. I got enough on my own plate trying to do this with my wife who's sitting with me today. But <laughs> but there are there are aids. some things. Yes, there are things you can be doing, and one of them is this is kind of goes back to uh, some of the stuff we've talked about a lot on Sexy Marriage Radio is who who leads during sex. How do you lead her towards that? Because this comes back to if if you see she's disconnected, or if you see she just wants to move on to getting it done for you, and she doesn't want to do anything for her. Well, leading means. You stop and you say, no, I really want both of us to be a part of this today. And she could, well, but I'm just not there. Okay, well, then I'll wait. Or, okay, then we'll go back to what we were planning anyway. Or, okay, and then you kind of go. But a leadership is you speak up and you say something. That's that's key. Right. And, I... and then the other is, I, I, my, 
the the interest the, the question I would have for you is your focus is on her is what you're saying that that you 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 recognize the break you recognize that she can disconnect or she just wants to move along or or something but how much are you focusing on you in that how much are you focusing on what you want in that how much are you focusing on your own joy and either giving to her or seeking for yourself or and this is where it starts to get really really interesting because of the depth of the way our mind can shut down in some of these things and we just get into pattern and routine and and instead how do i start to become a better observer of this process and be more engaged in the moment and follow the connections not having a script or not going to do what works last time but actually follow it into, no, hold on, I want to still do this, when she could be saying, no, 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 let's, let's move on to this. And then it truly starts to become a more overt dance with each other. It's not just a dance that's, under, that's covert and by default, which is what sex largely becomes, <laughs> if you think about it. So it's, it's speaking up and it's seeking, how am I leading? How, how am I guiding? How am I seeking what I'm interested in? And then where's my focus during this? I think that, 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 that that's key for me as far as Austin's concerned. I'm, I'm just thinking along the lines of uh, your, your concept, uh, not concept, but your um, leadership role, specifically, and we'll say this is in the bed, right? right? Whether you're on the couch or on the kitchen table or on the bed, leading in a very manly way. Yeah. Not just uh, because that sets a tone and maybe a more um, erotic tone for the bed that that is a more captivating tone. Mm-hmm. And so that's bolder moves. It's not just a maybe if I touch her on the arm or barely touch her breast, maybe she'll come around and want something. Right. No, that's a. That's, that's tentative. A, that's tentative. And. Women don't want someone that's tentative. They want a man that's a man. Okay. So okay. make a make a bold move. Mm-hmm. And that's enticing and alluring and makes a woman feel like she's alluring if she's got a man that wants her. Sure. And not someone that's being tentative. Sure. Yeah. And I think that that's all of this plays out. Um that I, I understand the desire or the interest of I want a partner that's involved in this to the level and depth I am, that has the same kind of energy that will push back and seek their own pleasure because nothing turns on a man than a fully turned on woman. More, you know, there, Nothing turns them on more. And so that means there's an element of she's seeking that for herself and, and she's got her own power that she's going after. And I think that that whole, all the confluences of energies that come together with that, I can see why we get tastes of that and we want more of that. Absolutely. That's a great feeling. That's but, a great taste. But I think a lot of times, um, some of those, uh, they're not by accident, but they almost are. That sometimes it's just, wow, that just went really, really well. And it was just because we both were in the right spot and it had kind of evolved to that. And it had been this long, slow building thing that had happened maybe over a couple of days, unbeknownst to ourselves, because it wasn't even at the surface. But the, a lot of the other times I think sex is going to be 
one person's really seeking it and leading it and, and setting the tone. The other is fully into it and engaged. They're just not pushing back and, and trying to take over the lead. They're just kind of there, and they're totally enjoying it and totally into it. And maybe if you spoke up and said, hey, it seems like you're just disconnected here. Are you okay? That would actually bring that elephant more clear. And now all of a sudden, there's a little more pressure squarely on each person's shoulders to, de- to define and decide in the moments of, this is what I'm really seeking. This is what I really want. I think that's where the connection comes in when you're addressing the elephant. Yep. Absolutely. Because it's one of those that as we do that, we start to recognize then that this is a language. And my hunch would be, Austin, look for, this is a great way to end this whole thing. Look for times where in in the normal comings and goings of you guys' life together, that it's not sexual, where one one or both of you disconnect, but you still go on along and play the role. Because there's going to be a pattern in this. I will be willing to bet if this happens in bed, it's happening outside of the bed too. That there's times where you're you're kind of are engaged, you got a good conversation going on, and you're still doing other things, maybe housework or 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 things at the church, and and now all of a sudden you you see one of them is just like you just disconnected. What's going on? And do you say anything or not? Because my bet would be you don't. And so say it there too. Because sex is a language. Because how we do life is how we do sex. And how we do sex is how we'll do life. Those two are always interchangeable. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, if you got something that we have undone from this show, um, this is a long one. This has been fun. 214-702-9565. Or if you want to email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I uh, hope it leads you to some fantastic connections. See you next time. <laughs>